Hey, 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 Joe McCall, REI in your car. So yesterday, maybe if you're listening to this, you heard my podcast about that office. Went to go look at it. It's really nice. I like it. Um, but it's, oh man, it's a little too far away. It's about 25 minutes. Very light, light traffic. Um, so not sure. Not sure what I'm going to do. Hope you guys are doing well. I'll keep you updated on my office search, hopefully. I'm, I'd like to find something um, close to my house where I live. We're kind of in the western suburbs of St. Louis. And um, here's the thing. My assistants, and I, I don't think they'll mind me saying this. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe not. <laughs> do, they, do they even listen? They're probably tired of hearing me enough as it is. So I don't know if they're listening to this. But hey, if you are, guys, hey. But I was going to say, uh, they've threatened revolt and rebellion if I get an offer, if I get an office that's too far away. And um, so here's the thing. I could get an office that's closer to them. But what if they still quit? You know, let's say three months later, they still quit for another reason. Then I'm stuck with an office that's 25, 30 minutes away from my house. So, but I want, you know, I'm only going to be coming into the office one or two days a week. So, you know, it doesn't have to be close to my house. So I'm trying to decide what to do with that. And I'm leaning towards something closer as long as I can find something. And it's hard to find something that meets my requirements. So we'll find something soon. I wanted to answer a question. I got a good question from Joshua in the Twin Cities. That's Minnesota. And I like Minnesota. You know why? Because their summers are awesome. I worked in Rochester, Minnesota one time for a summer for as an intern with a construction company building a hospital for the Mayo Clinic. And, man, I just fell in love with that, the summers in, in Rochester. My wife and I had just been married a little bit. We barely found a single, I mean, a, like a one-bedroom apartment that we could rent. Um because it's really hard to find housing there in Rochester. I wonder if it still is. But we just had a real good time. Our favorite barbecue. Anybody here in the Minnesota area listening to this? Man, there's a place in Rochester. I think it's called Roscoe's. The best barbecue we've ever had, ever, in the entire world, was in Rochester, Minnesota. And I believe it's called Roscoe's. If anybody listening to this... Um, if it's still there, let me know and send me a bottle of barbecue sauce. My office address, my UPS store is 2977 Highway K, number 228, O'Fallon, Missouri, 63368. If you send me a bottle of barbecue sauce from Roscoe's, I will send you something really cool for free as a, as a thank you gift. We've never been up there since. I mean, it was probably 1999 or yeah 99 when we were there summer of 1999 all right so anyway question from joshua in the twin cities about the mls and getting comps his question was if i don't have access to the mls how do i get comps and simple answer uh, i don't think you need the mls to get comps and he was also asking if zillow was good enough i think zillow is okay you know, I don't look at the Zestimate that much. I don't put much weight on it, I mean. 
when we do make blind offers, we do just use this estimate value because it's close. It's within 10% maybe of fair market value for the most part. Um, oh, I was going to say a joke about statistics, <laughs> but I forget what the joke was. It was funny though. Uh, if I think of it, I'll tell you what it is. But um, So when it comes to comps, I just thought I'd do a quick podcast to tell you about how I do comps. And it's really, really simple. And my favorite website is actually Redfin. When it comes to comps, I like Redfin because in, in a lot of markets that I'm working in, or even in St. Louis, it's really, really hard for some reason to get sold data on Zillow or Realtor.com. For whatever reason, either it's too expensive for these website companies to get, um, or two, I know realtors, and don't get me started about this, but I'll go ahead and go on a short little rant here for for whatever reason. Um, the National Association of Realtors, they get their panties in a wad when customers and clients get too much information at their fingertips. They don't want the consumer empowered and knowledgeable and educated. They want you to have to go to the realtor to get everything that you need to know about housing in your local market. And if you look at the history of the MLS, I mean, realtors were fighting that tooth and nail. I know some will argue with me that that's not true, but what I've studied about it, it is. Just to get the listings lists that are on the MLS in the public realm where people can look at it without a realtor, the National Association of Realtors, they fought that tooth and nail. It was really, really difficult. And finally, they, they realized that if we want to stay relevant to the industry today, we have to make the MLS available to everybody on the public. Because it used to be, to get that stuff, you had to call a realtor. You had to um, call your local friendly real estate agent who would get you the information and would help you buy or sell a house. So there is a place for agents. I am licensed myself. Um, but then what's happened as well is there's been a fight for years now against Zillow because Zillow wants to make as much information public and free to the uh, population as possible. And realtors have, again, fought that. And if you go to realtor.com, for example, you cannot get sold data on houses. And realtor.com will not give you, you know, estimates of values. Maybe they have changed that again. But they're always fighting what people want. They're... It seems to me that they've always been fighting open source, open data for everybody to see. Um, and I get it. Some Sometimes if you're, if you're an agent, it's frustrating when you have to deal with a client who thinks that their house is worth 250 because that's what Zillow says when it's really only worth 200 So, yeah, the Zestimate stuff, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about why on God's green earth is it so hard to get sold data from realtor stuff, realtor websites, because they don't want you to look at comps. But anyway, <laughs> so from my experience, Redfin, in most of the markets that I've done deals in and that I've researched and helped clients with, Redfin has all that data and they make it very easy to get. They make it user friendly. You can even take a look at comps and download them into a spreadsheet. You can look at actives and you can look at solds. And the other thing is, you know, a lot of the, uh, Realtor.com and, and, and those sites, they don't want, they don't let you know like when properties are pending or how many days they've been on market. There's a lot of little things like are really hard to get out because they only want realtors to have access to that kind of information. And Redfin has come along 
after Zillow to be kind of like the champion of of uh, consumer rights, you know, <laughs> and uh, you know, say, hey, this stuff should be public available to everybody. And maybe it shouldn't. You know, maybe the argument could be made was like, look, realtors and all of their dues and the money that they're paying, they've paid a lot of money and built these systems over the years. They should have only they should be the only ones with access to that stuff. And it shouldn't just be free to everybody. Well, maybe that's true. Um, but the cool thing about Redfin is Redfin will give you all the data you want in most markets, like 90% of them, for free. They'll give you the sold comps. It'll give you the listings that are pending. It'll give you the listings that have a price drop. It'll give you sold data and active data and how long a property has been on the market and all that good stuff. They'll give you data from the county records and from the MLS records. So that's one reason why I'm a big fan of Redfin. And I said all of that to tell you that I prefer Redfin over the MLS, even though I have access to the MLS, because Redfin just makes it so much more user-friendly, and it's something that my VAs can have access to and use instead of, I don't, so I don't have to give them access to my MLS account. Does that make sense? Okay, so <laughs> where did I get on all that from? So sorry if I just offended half of you. Um, things have gotten better, but it's not been because the National Association of Realtors are so generous and liberal with their information. It's because there's been companies like Zillow and Redfin that have been fighting the Realtors Associations for years, trying to get them to open up and be more open book and honest and have more information available to the public. Because when you do, everybody wins. Okay, so let's say I was going to say something else too. Um, oh yeah, when it comes to comps, you want to look at my what I've done. There's two different ways we do it. Um, I look at the three lowest actives and the three lowest solds that are similar in size. Oh, and the other thing that the Realtor.com doesn't let you do, and Zillow sometimes doesn't let you do. It's frustrating. Like, let you filter properties by square footage, um, and like how long ago it's sold and how long it's been active and stuff like that. Because that stuff's important. You want to look at okay, look at the three lowest active comps in the neighborhood that are similar size um, and then look at the three lowest sold that have sold in the last three to six months all right so anyway you want to go in and find that data and it's usually always available on redfin sometimes in some markets you can get it on zillow um, i've never seen any market where you can get it on realtor.com get all this information um, so you look at the three lowest solds three lowest actives and the other cool thing that you should do Especially, this works especially well when you're comping properties to see what investors would pay for it. If you were to look at comps in an area, you can, um, I've learned this from Chris Chico, he calls it the bracket method, and I like it a lot. Usually, when you're looking at comps of solds in the last three to six months, you can bracket the comps into different categories. So you'll see a bracket of comps that are low, a bracket that's maybe in the middle, or a bracket that's really high. So you can tell the higher brackets are properties that are sold to retail buyers. These are properties that have been fixed up. And you look at the lower bracket of homes, and those that's the lower bracket where investors are buying houses that need to be fixed up. Okay, And generally speaking, when you're making an offer, you just want to make sure that you're gonna, your offer is going to be five to ten grand less than the lower bracket of homes, so that when you add your wholesaling fee, uh, you'll be right there competitive with those that bracket of lower-end homes that have sold. Does that make sense? So 
comps can be you can make it really difficult and complicated but it should be super easy you should be able to look at this stuff on redfin really quickly you know and one thing that's really important when you're looking at comps is to think about when you're advertising the property how can you make this property as marketable as possible to the end buyer all right so you may see sold comps let's say you look at a property and you see sold comps at 50 55 60,000 um, so you think, all right, well, I'll just advertise mine for 55. I'll make an offer for 50. And I'm right in there with what the sold comps are, right? So you're going to make an offer for 50, advertise it for 55. Um, but if you go to actives, you're going to see a property that's similar that's currently actively listed for 40. And it hasn't sold in two months. So those actives are sometimes more important than the sold comps. Because if you're going to advertise your property for 55, why would an investor want to buy yours if they can buy something similar down the street for $10,000 less. Does that make sense? So think about how can I make this property marketable to an end buyer? And, um, you know, that, that will help you figure out and work backwards from there what your offer should be. Always think of your end buyer. Always have your end buyer in mind. You've heard me say before, it's easier to shop for what they want than sell them what you have. And... Um, that's cool. Makes sense, guys? All right. So go out there, make some comps, make some offers, make some offers. And in fact, when you're looking at comps, it shouldn't take you more than a couple minutes to make comps, especially if it's your first offer and you've not even seen the house yet, right? Because you know I teach you should always make an offer to every single house. So don't spend too much time worrying about this stuff. The time when you really start digging into comps is when you're actually making a serious excuse me, making a serious offer and you've inspected the house and uh, or you made an offer, they accepted it and during your inspection contingency you got to find out if you if it is a good offer or not, right? So that's when you really got to dig into that stuff. But don't overcomplicate it. Just make sure when you're selling the house and when you're advertising it, it's, your deal is going to be the most attractive deal to anybody who's looking for a property there. Cool? All right, that's it, guys. Hey, if you got a question, go ahead and text me at 636-255-8815, 636-255-8815. And pretty soon, I'm going to have a podcast app. And I found this cool service. I'm going to have a podcast app and have some pretty cool things in there that you'll get for free and only get through the podcast app. How does that sound? And you'll be able to get it by just texting a certain code to a certain number. Is that cool? All right, guys, take care.